0: Good afternoon or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, Lil Juicy Vert Cohen, <laughs> I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom.
1: Lil Juicy Vert, I like that. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to the muddy waters of freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the sweet little summer cherub boys that we are. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Matt. How was your week? We didn't get to talk much this week.
0: We we did not get to talk much this week. I had a good week. How was your birthday? I did did not call you.
1: I had a fantastic birthday, Matt. I'm so glad you brought it up because now I got to pull up the thing. Hold on a second. I had a fantastic birthday. I got to do absolutely nothing all like all, all, (laughs) all day. I didn't have to do a thing. I didn't have to do anything. It was amazing. And I had, uh, I just really just laid there and did nothing. And I went out and I laid in the front yard with my dog, with Axel and with my wife. The the sun was shining down. I had like two phone calls. Well, I had a bunch of phone calls, but they were just like happy birthday calls, no campaign stuff, no appearances. It was fantastic. It was like living in a dream. It was a reminder of what it was like back when I was retired and wasn't doing anything. And um, it was great. I had a great birthday. But now I wonder, or I know some of you are wondering, what can you do to make sure I have the happiest birthday possible? Well, folks, I am glad that you asked that because I have a short video I made about exactly that.
0: And now, an important message from the next vice president of the United States of America, Spike
1: Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great weekend. I am having a fantastic weekend because this weekend is my birthday. I am turning 38 years old, and I know what you're thinking. Spike, you look every bit of 38 years old. That doesn't surprise me. Well, thank you. You're probably also wondering what I'd like for my birthday. Well, that's where you come in. I am hoping for my birthday to have everyone who watches this Make a $38 donation to the Jorgensen-Cohen campaign as part of the 38 for Spike campaign. I just made that name up right now. That's, that's what we're calling it. I don't care. It, I, that's what we're calling it. That's 38 what we for Spike. So if it. you go to 38forspike.com and donate $38 or whatever amount you want uh, to help the Jorgensen-Cohen campaign, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Joe Jorgensen is running a campaign to set America free. And with your help, that's exactly what you're going to do. Your donation allows us to fight for ballot access, to uh, engage in tours around the country, to do viral video marketing, and everything else in between that we need to be able to spread the message of liberty in an engaging and dynamic and empathetic way. So again, go to 38forspike.com and give what you can. I greatly appreciate it. And happy birthday to me. Thank you again for everything that you do. And don't forget, you are the power. 38 for spike.com my birthday 38 my birthday thank you so much um so yeah no i had a great birthday 38 for spike.com and uh i uh i had a great time and now i'm here and i'm ready to talk about
0: stuff stuff i didn't call you on your birthday because i figured either you were going to get inundated with calls yes or you were going to get none and
1: it was the former It was You got inundated? Inundated. I got coffee spelled B-L-V-C-K. That's how we spell black now. Make black spelled with a V again. Um, and uh, go to blackbrews.com to get some of the most delicious, organic, cold-brewed coffee uh, in the planet. Uh, and be sure to use checkout code MW to get free shipping. And that is blackbrews.com, B-L-V-C-K-brews.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Jorgensen-Cohen campaign. Joe Jorgensen and I are running for a world set free and for an America that is freer, safer, happier, and healthier. Hashtag make America free again. Oh, and this episode is brought to you by Henry McMaster, who is a bitch.
0: He's also, just I a straight like up, to, uh, he's just a bitch. I would like to thank Casey Nestor Campbell for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode
1: and I'd like to thank Kroger Dathian Jackson the 3rd for my delicious purified drinking water that I'm drinking on this episode of The Money Waters of Freedom Bulavanaka.
0: Bulavanaka. Apparently we're having some Facebook issues according to the comments. Um, Are we? I don't know. That's what somebody is saying. I'm going through mountains thinking I lost service and then somebody else said zucked. Every interview I watch gets zucked.
1: Oh, well, stop watching this then. Cause I mean
0: <laughs> Go over to YouTube. Go over to actually go over to Float. That yeah, go over like to Float. Too.
1: So if you're having problems with our with our feed here, go to float.app slash, well let me make sure it's working there. Float.app slash muddied waters media slash live. And it is working. Um, and then you can also join us on YouTube at, uh, youtube.com slash muddy slash live. Uh, and that will work as well. Um, so it looks like we are, um, we are on, uh, uh, Facebook and things are working there, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, and we're also on, uh, on Twitter and Periscope. We're on everything. Muddy waters yep. media is everywhere. And speaking of Something that's everywhere. Joe Biden had some words about COVID,
0: Matt. Yes, he did. And his normal, gafftacular way, he talked to a crowd about COVID, and we can't do it justice the way that Joe Biden can do himself justice. Yeah. What people drastically underestimate is the impact on the mental health of people who now everything is complicated. Not only is the healthcare piece, but people don't have a job. People don't have anywhere to go. They don't know what they're going to do. And a lot of people, you have unnecessarily. Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. A hundred and twenty million. That's yeah. That's That's
1: R.I.P. One out of every three Americans. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one out of every 3 people you know is dead. Also, uh, did you
1: catch the number of times he touched his face, which is the whole purpose of why you wear the mask. So he takes it down and just
0: just all, over the place.
1: Just, all just touching him up, sniffing his own hair, you know. I was going like, to
0: say yeah, Joe Biden, he's got to have his hands on something.
1: Yeah, he's got to <laughs> he's got a hand on someone's face. Oh he's man. He got a hand somewhere. So yeah, so he said that and uh thankfully it's um it's uh what three orders of magnitude less than that um, <laughs> uh, it's 120,000 which is still a a lar- yeah, 120,000 which is still uh, a large number of people and it is growing and it's very sad. It's definitely much less than 120 million, thankfully. Uh we are not quite there yet uh, and should not be. Uh, I don't think even the most grim of predictions uh estimates this to kill one out of every three people, you know. Um no. so that's good.
0: Not, not even the original <laughs> Not even the original uh, models had it one out of every. Yeah,
1: none of the models uh, saw it unless uh, someone with covid fell over on the nuclear button and then launched the nukes (laughs) would possibly uh, that that might cause it. Um, And speaking of nuclear weapons, Iran has these segues are not good. And I apologize for that. Iran has issued an arrest warrant and asked Interpol with help uh, for help with serving the warrant on Donald Trump uh for the drone strike that killed Kassem Soleimani uh last year uh or was that earlier this year?
0: that was this year. Was that this year? I I think that this was this freaking year. year, man. I think that was this I year. have
1: to look that up because I'm curious cuz I,
0: I believe that was this year. I'm not 100%. So much has happened over he the course He was of- killed
1: in January of this year. This freaking <laughs> year, man.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things, like, I knew that January started off with a bang with the fires. We had the fires, uh, Kobe, Kobe died, and uh, we had issues with North Korea and Iran.
1: And those used you to know? be big news, like, those things were considered big news, and then <laughs> then COVID, just completely, that that everything's COVID now.
0: Yeah, everything is COVID. Everything? everything is COVID. Finding stuff for this show to talk about that's not COVID is really, really Brutal. difficult. It's been Thank getting
1: slowly God. easier. Things are starting to kind of slowly open up. Of course, now things are starting to slowly unopen up again and, and close back down. Uh, shout out to the um, Coronavention Libertarian Party, Coronavention uh, brought to you by uh, Purell and the CDC. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we're, we're, we're just having a, we're having a lot of fun right now trying to figure out how things are going to go. But uh, thankfully, the Iranians are working to get Donald Trump with Interpol.
0: Arrested, yeah. It's a bold strategy,
1: there, Cotton. I mean, that's that is. Uh, can you imagine if it works? Can you imagine like if he's if he's going to and Interpol shows, ah, we found you, and they arrest him.
0: That um. So Interpol's already said no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that. Okay. Um, Interpol's already shot it down. Um, and the Trump administration said that it was a joke. I I wanted to write a really great joke for this one. But I there I there could not find anything. It's there. 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 It's yeah. There is one. for Donald Trump.
1: There is one. Um. There is one. We just haven't found it yet.
0: Right. Hey,
1: if you guys can think of a great uh, joke about Donald Trump being arrested I- by Interpol for bombing. Oh, like, as I'm saying it, I realize it's probably not a good joke. But if there, you can there, come up with one, we'd love to hear it.
0: There has to be one.
1: And in fact, if you have a good joke about it, be sure to go over to Anchor and leave it in the, in the voice notes. If you go to anchor.fm slash Muddied Waters, uh, and there's something there that says leave a message, message, leave us a message with your funniest Donald Trump being arrested by Interpol for a drone strike that killed Kasem Soleimani joke your your funniest ones of that the
0: funny, your funniest joke there
1: you're fu- just the funniest thing you can find out about that
0: i don't even care if it has to do with that as long as it's semi-clean yeah it just
1: give there. us a nice joke we it's we a appreciate joke. a nice haha in the middle of the show um and we'll do that during our uh, our call-in segment in the middle of the show speaking of Netflix is producing a series based on the life of Colin Kaepernick, Matt.
0: That's right. If it's anything like his career, the show will be mediocre. But after it's over, everyone will say it's, been, it's groundbreaking. Why
1: did we not have Sierra say that? Because I didn't. Uh,
0: <laughs> because that's a sports joke and that is not offensive. Is it, is it a mediocre-
1: sports joke, though? Like, I mean,
0: yes. Okay. That is a sports joke. He was a mediocre quarterback.
1: I mean, I guess that part.
0: (laughs) Granted, I probably could have said like his football career, but I didn't think of that last night. And yet here we are.
1: And so so now we're here and that's fine. And I'm fine with that. Um, Well, good. So speaking of the Supreme Court, (laughs) Pat, what... Did did any of a series of things happen with the Supreme Court this week?
0: You know, the Supreme Court actually had a huge week. Oh, wow. Uh, They had a huge week. Uh, They ruled... They ruled on something that we might get to later. I found out about it literally as the show was getting ready to start, and it's it's actually pretty big news. But um, I also want to read more about it before, so that we can
1: talk uh, about it and know what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah,
0: before reporting on it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so one of the things that they ruled on was June Medical Services versus Russo. And for anyone out there who needs a refresher on the ins and outs of June Medical Services versus Russo, listen to it from two of the finest minds in media. So, the Supreme Court tomorrow is going to be hearing a landmark abortion case. Why am I
1: slouching? I
0: don't. June Medical Services is challenging a 2014 law. The law requires doctors performing abortions to get admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 miles of the clinic. Right. Admitting privileges gives an outpatient doctor the right to admit patients to a hospital and treat them if any emergency occurs. So, that way, if somebody is having an abortion and something goes wrong, the abortion doctor can take them to a local hospital where they can get treated right by the abortion doctor. Many hospitals will not give in Louisiana. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this in Louisiana. Many hospitals will not give abortion doctors admitting access.
1: Cause their, their fundraising would dry up.
0: Yeah. June medical services is claiming that the law creates an undue burden on abortion access. In February, the Louisiana Supreme Court ruled that the idea that providers have difficulty obtaining admitting privileges, ruled that the idea that provider abortion providers have difficulty obtaining admitting privileges and claim that their law does not force clinic closures. Right. Since this law was first put into effect in 2014, it's gone through a lot of turmoil. Uh, after the texas ruling it ended act 620 in april of 2017 louisiana challenged this law and somehow some way the fifth circuit reversed the ruling in september of 18. then it moved up to the supreme court and in february of 19 the supreme court put a temporary stay on the law so for the last year this law has been kind of Resting to the side with the people from June Medical Services trying to make sure that they continue to uh, fight it. In May of twenty, or sorry, May yeah, May of nineteen, Louisiana seemed to have found a loophole with the third party with third party standing, stating that. Abortion providers cannot challenge the law in the first place because they are not the patient it would be affecting. (sighs) This changes the landscape of this argument forever. Right? Abortion providers, Planned Parenthood, women's clinics all over the world, or sorry, all over the country, are the biggest reason that abortion cases get challenged. Yeah, you're not going to
1: see... I mean, you'll see some class action activity from from women who want or wanted to get abortions. But the 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 juggernaut behind challenging this stuff are the providers are the the health, the the uh, the, the medical providers and the, the abortion providers, namely Planned Parenthood.
0: So before we go on, because Chris Reynolds has already made comments about it, um, the reason that uh, we were stumbling over our words and uh, Spike was slumped down in his chair and yawning was that was at the end of a four hour episode in the last 20 minutes with no commercial breaks, no bathroom breaks. Yeah, no, that you was
1: know. we were falling apart physically and emotionally, Chris.
0: <laughs> we just needed something like we just wanted to talk about that at the end. Yeah, we threw that in, too. We were like, yeah, oh, let's talk about it.
1: I mean, I woke back up for that. I had been napping for the previous 30 minutes and I was, that's (laughs) why I was stretching and stuff. I mean, it was rough. Like these episodes have been rough sometimes, Chris. So thank you for your very constructive criticism.
0: Also, this episode is brought to you by Chris. Oh my gosh. This episode
1: (laughs) is also brought to you by personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you find yourself personally injured in Florida, look for this man's face. And if you can't, go to ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. But still just keep trying, because he'll probably be there. He knows when people get personally injured in Florida. He has personal injury senses, and he kind of like, you know, he's, he's at home and he hears, someone's been personally injured. And then, and then you know, you wake up from your hospital bed, and he's like, I can, I'm going to help you. And um, he's really a good attorney, folks. <laughs> and be sure to go to ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. I need to get the adhesive replaced on this so I can put that right back there where it belongs
0: so Go now that water. everybody's now that everybody's caught up uh, on what that case was all about yeah uh, the ruling came through yesterday and in a 5-4 ruling with Chief Justice John Roberts joining the liberal justices in the decision, it was shot down which surprised the hell out of us.
1: Yeah, we didn't
0: surprise the. We did hell not out. expect that. So immediately, social conservatives on social media attacked Roberts, uh, and since Parlor has now become the recent bastion for Trump supporters looking to escape Twitter and Facebook, and where you can follow us at Muddy Waters. At media. Muddy Waters Media. Yeah, we went there for the outrage. Uh, here are a couple of the parleys. I don't know what they call him there. Um, The Washington Post and New York Times editorial board absolutely own Chief Justice Roberts. He's a scared little child who decides life and death issues based on the hope that (laughs) liberal media won't be mean to him. It's a disgrace.
1: (laughs) These get better, too. Here's the next one. Uh, Hans, apparently Hans... Herman Hoppe says uh, John Roberts is a disgrace. We the people most must invoke Article 5 of the Constitution to get the sham Congress out of the way. And then invoke Article 3 to get the politically charged Supreme Court justices out of our way in order to uphold the rule of law that was specifically written in the Constitution. What a very consistent thing to be written by an anarchist. Yes. And then uh, uh, Southern Steel says... P.O.S. John Roberts votes with the hashtag liberals again. He votes to strike down reasonable restrictions on hashtag abortion, just requiring that the murderers who work at the murder clinics have admitting privileges at a local hospital. We can all thank the last of the hashtag Bush crime family, George W., for this idiot. And then finally, I'll let you read this one, man.
0: And then finally, Victor Wilcox says, I would like to apologize to all excrements, teeming, smelly, whatever. No matter what you may be, it was uncalled for to insinuate that you had any similarity with the murderous John Roberts and his insane efforts to smack down his own arguments to make sure no baby gets left ungruesomely rended into pieces. Hashtag SCOTUS.
1: In no way are any of these things an ex- uh, overreaction.
0: Okay, so let's do the next one because they even figured out a way. They Well, they went as far to try to tie him to Epstein, who still did not kill himself. If you're wondering um, why
1: Chief Justice hashtag John Roberts keeps siding with liberals, he's compromised. Hashtag Epstein Black Book hashtag. I'm not doing all those hashtags. Is he was he in Pedo Island? I'm going to do all the hashtags. Hashtags. Epstein Black Book hashtag Lolita Express hashtag Saint James Island hashtag Pedo hashtag Epstein hashtag B-
0: Buddy. Buddy. Yeah, buddy. Oh, Epstein, buddy. Oh. Like he he's used two different hashtags for it. That makes no sense. Now, the the, the so people who
1: are hashtagging for like the my buddy toys or something are gonna stumble across this one searching in that realm of ha usually it's like this is my hashtag buddy Steve, and then like all those, and then you get this one hey, John Roberts is a pedophile.
0: <laughs> hashtag, hashtag hashtag buddy hashtag, hashtag buddy. Um so for the last guy, not the Epstein guy, but the guy before that, because mm-hmm. uh, the Epstein guy, I, I have not read Epstein's black book. I don't know, if I don't know if that outrage is warranted. Um, no idea. But for the for the guy that said he was trying to use uh, his old, try to explain his old arguments, there's actually some validity to that. Um, Hashtag buddy. He, being that In 2016, the Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstedt, which was basically the identical case, it just happened in Texas as opposed to in Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, it also failed. Um, Roberts joined the dissent. I ju- he said... Oh, go ahead. So in his judgment yesterday, he wrote, I joined the dissent and Whole Women's Health and continue to believe that the case was wrongly decided. The question today, however, is not whether Whole Woman's Health was right or wrong, but whether to adhere to it, citing the present case.
1: Hashtag, I'm a pedo.
0: I'm Hashtag
1: a- buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. I, I I want uh, I want that guy to be hashtagging for me.
0: Yeah. I'm certain you can find him. He's on Parlor. Spike Cohen
1: uh- is the part of the Zionist conspiracy, hashtag pal, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag friend, hashtag friend. Anyway, so yeah, so one of the aspects of this case that neither Roberts or Justice uh, Breyer brought up in their decisions was the third party standing aspect of the case. But it was increased that freaking Clarence Thomas, agree with he's, him or disagree, he's on, he's on a tear. He's on a tear. This man hasn't written a thing. He wrote like four things in 20 years or 30 years. And in the last, really this year, he has just, I think he realizes that it's all coming to an end soon. We got that African dust. We've got the freaking murder hornets and COVID. The boars are going to begin falling from the sky and teaming up with the jellyfish and taking over everything. And he gets it, man. He gets that it's all over and that his legacy, whatever is left when the when the aliens come down to find the ruins of what once was human society on this godforsaken planet, they he they know that they're gonna look for what the judicial branches of the various governments there were saying. And they want, he wants a legacy there for the Mi'kmaq people to, to that's the alien's name, uh, to find, to find, and they want to see, they want him to see exactly this kind of stuff, the Mi'kmaqs. Despite the fact that we granted Louisiana's petition specifically to address whether abortion providers can be presumed to have third party standing to challenge health and safety regulations on behalf of their patients. uh, A majority of the court all but ignores the question. The plurality and the chief justice, all caps, ultimately cast aside this jurisdictional barrier to conclude that Louisiana's law is unconstitutional under our precedent. Hashtag pal. Hashtag meekmog.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's the meek mox it's the meek mocks. Uh Alito, Justice Alito also wrote a dissent um, most of which was focused on the history of the third party standing which we don't have to go into today because they didn't rule on it but Alito throws in this mic drop at the end uh, the Chief Justice stresses the importance of as st- 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 starry diseases yeah And he thinks that precedent, namely Whole Woman's Health, dooms the Louisiana law. Neither waiver nor stare decisis can justify this holding, which clashes with our general rule on third party standing. The idea that a regulated party can invoke the right of a third party for the purpose of attacking legislation enacted to protect the third party is stunning. Given the apparent conflict of interest that no... that concept would be rejected out of hand in a case not involving abortion, and agree with it or not. And I'm not sure how many of you read Supreme Court briefs. I know I didn't start until very recently, but that was a <laughs> that was a justice mic drop. Yeah, uh, for anybody who uh,
1: and he's correct. Whether he you agree with abortion correct. restrictions or not. This is precisely what the Supreme Court is for: is determining these types of questions, and they pretty much just said, "It's related to abortion; we're not touching it."
0: And and they everybody that argued that argued for it, all the people who agreed who agreed that it be, should be struck down, they all said, "This is exactly like Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstedt. This is exactly like Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstedt." Even even the chief justice who said, I don't agree with it, but this is exactly like it. Like they did not go into the one reason that they actually decided to take it on, which was the third party.
1: And so we will soon be ruled over by the meek (laughs) mocks. The what is it? Tough, tough times make strong men, strong men.
0: Tough times make strong, strong make
1: strong struck, struck strong strong men and strong men create the. I was going to work in the Meek mocks there, but I don't remember what I was saying anymore. So, did we get? Let me see if we got any messages so we can do our segment. No, zero. None of you people personally. want to leave us messages. Okay.
0: We usually nobody wants to be a part of this show. This our
1: show is growing like in leaps and bounds. Every single episode gets, you know, nearly double the viewers as the last one, which thank you for that. But no one
0: wants to talk to us. And how could you not want to call in and ask us random questions? And ask questions? us random questions. You can ask us anything. Literally anything. You could ask us. I mean, we were one time asked. Which sea creature we most identified with. What did I say? Uh Mercola? <laughs> you most identified with male. With a
1: male Ursula. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, so we're not doing. This is usually when we were due the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, anchor uh, attorney at law, anchor calling moment, but none of
0: y'all wanted to call us. No, not this week. We did not. We sometimes we get them as early as like Wednesday, and then other weeks we'll get just a ton right before the show. The last episode we had like thirty calls.
1: <laughs> Felt like it. It was well. I mean, it was like a dozen or more, and now
0: goose eggs. So if you want to spend seven minutes on answering questions from the audience, because I know how you can also get run away with that a little bit. If you want to spend seven minutes doing that instead of Chris Reynolds, we we can do that. We can do that. Chris Reynolds, we answer questions from the audience, from the comments.
1: Yeah, let's just do that. Like, well, I mean, since no one wants to talk to us, then, you know, uh, here we go. Tough times create strong leaders. Strong leaders create good times. Good times create meek mocks. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. Here's a qu- Matt Bain. Here's a question. Do you and mama Joe plan on visiting near Raleigh, North Carolina before November? Um, let's address like a lot of people are calling her, her mom, her mama and mother. And it's, I mean okay. Um uh we are planning on doing a 50 state tour. Obviously Raleigh's right up the road so we hope to be in North Carolina very soon. And obviously with all of the restrictions that are happening, it's it's hard to do that, but we are planning our tour. Now here's the thing. In order to be able to campaign, uh you know, and be able to do these tours, we do need as much, you know, funding as possible to be able to make that possible. So I invite you to go to 38forspike.com and give $38 for my birthday to the Jorgensen Cohen campaign. But yeah, no, we are planning on, on being in North Carolina very soon. Uh, How are we coming on debate access? Any progress? Uh, The polls are just coming out, Daniel. Um, And so we are really just trying to be, um uh we're just trying to be uh you know uh, uh as the polls are coming up we're we're doing pressure campaigns to get our names included to get Joe's name included so that we can k- get that 15%. I know if we're at you know the names uh at, at the names that we uh you know if, if we get our names on there then uh if we get Joe's name on there she's going to get 15% or more. If no for no other reason then a lot of people are going to go, "Oh, there's a third option. I go with that one." So I, I do believe in uh, believe that we'll do very well on that. Um, uh, Amanda says I'd call what's the number. So we don't have, we don't have a number, uh, but what you can do is go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters and you can leave, um, you can leave a message for us. There's a message button and you can leave
0: messages. Or if you just go to anchor.fm slash muddied water slash message, it will just pull it right up on
1: you. Oh, okay. Well, you can do that too. Um, uh oh, Brett Robertson says it's Robertson says it's because multiple people messaged Joe about adopting them, and she responded with yes, so now she's hashtag mama Joe okay well that's okay um oh Daniel Phillips, sorry, I meant to ask about ballot access is it still thirty six states? Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, 36 states that we have ballot access on uh, and doing. uh, We're engaging in suits for lawsuits in the other 14 for ballot access relief because it's impossible to meet their petition standards. When there's a pandemic and a lockdown and no one wants to answer their doors and it's illegal to go door to door and it's illegal to have large groups, which is how you get large amounts of petition signed. So we are suing for relief and we are, uh, you know, every every few uh, few weeks we get another state that drops that has given us ballot access relief. We are confident that between now and November we will have um, 50 state uh, ballot access, which is what we had in 2016. Um, John
0: Hurley asked a couple of minutes ago, "Are you sponge worthy?" And that answer is yes for both of us.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Melissa Marie asked. I mean, I'm also married. Theory- but what's your feelings on narwhals?
1: I mean, narwhals are are the greatest creatures, right? They're they're almost as good as merciless. <sighs> a male <sighs> Ursula.
0: Oh. I think Melissa Marie has gone through the archives of our show.
1: <laughs> I assume as much. Yes. Um, I assume
0: as much because
1: my stuffed narwhal stabby is over, over there. And I don't feel like it. Did you want me to get stabby? No, don't worry about it. Yeah. It's, it's Stabby's over there. Um, and um, he
0: was important enough, he would have been on the desk.
1: Really? If he had cared, he'd That's be true. here where I need him. That's right. If you love your stabby, Let him go. If he returns, then that's horrifying because he's a plush toy and shouldn't be moving on his own. And if he stays on the table where you put him a few days ago, it wasn't meant to be. (laughs) It wasn't meant to be.
0: Seth Benton says Stabby 2024. And you know what? That is a ticket I can support. Right now, I support that ticket. In fact, I am willing to say a Stabby Dulop Nelson Ooh. ticket. Done. I vote for it. Yeah. Uh I may I, write that I, in this year, actually.
1: Sta- Stabby. What, what you're gonna vote for Stabby over me? He won't even get off the off the table to come over here and join his daddy.
0: And that is what I
1: <laughs> on on. His, <laughs>
0: and that is what I want.
1: His daddy, Ursula,
0: my president.
1: <laughs> someone who will ignore his own mercela father.
0: What are your favorite Marvel characters? Uh,
1: Wolverine. I like really the the X Men in general. Any of the X Men, I like Wolverine and Gambit, and. Um, Rogue and Cyclops and Storm. I really like Storm. It's probably not a big surprise.
0: Oh okay, then you like Halle Berry? No.
1: No, God, no, no, not Halle Berry. Storm. Uh that was a terrible um casting, Halle Berry. That was a terrible casting. But Storm, um, uh, let's see what's on here. Uh is this a thing now? Hashtag Daddy Spike 2020. Sure. Um, well,
0: Julian Lopez has a real question. Oh, wow. Good.
1: Uh, yeah, let's do a talk, real question.
0: Can we talk about the cost of healthcare?
1: care? Absolutely. The cost of health care is ridiculous. Thank you. No, the cost of healthcare care is through the roof. And the reason is because of government, government involvement in the cost of healthcare. care. Uh, government uh, regulations, uh, Medicare red tape, Medicaid red tape and insurance mandate red tape has uh, contributed to roughly 75% of the overall cost. Of healthcare, That is why healthcare is so expensive. If you talk to doctors' offices, 75% of the cost of what they are doing is related entirely to complying with an ever-increasing number of regulations from the insurance mandates, the federal, federal and state insurance mandates, and from Medicare and Medicaid. And that's what's causing the, 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 the price increases. That's before you get into the patent protections on pharmaceutical companies that allowed them to jack up the price on drugs that in some cases have been around longer than any of us had been alive, such as insulin. And epinephrine and others, they can jack up the cost 100 times a 1000 times, they can charge whatever they want, because the insurance companies will pay for it. And because no one can make that competing drug, even though the ability to make it is widely available, because of federal patent protections. Uh, and then that's not to get in before we even get into a uh, certificate of need laws where hospitals and people that want to build new hospitals or add wings to hospitals or, uh, you know, bring a new MRI machine into an area or build a new medical center have to scrape and beg the local municipalities that they're building them in and get petitions signed and basically run a campaign to beg for them to be able to make it, which takes sometimes months or even years to get approval. And the municipalities don't want to have to go through this. They're required by federal Federal law to do so. And so this artificially restricts the supply and access and drives up costs and also leads to, for example, if you're in, I don't know, a pandemic, a situation where there aren't enough beds and there aren't enough facilities to provide the services that we need. And also, again, drives up the cost. So just those three things, the red tape, the compliance red tape, the uh, certificate of need laws, and the patent protections uh, for pharmaceutical companies contributes to Anywhere from 80 to 90% of the cost of healthcare. If you remove that and you allow the cost of healthcare to be determined by you, the consumer, the patient, and your provider on the price equilibrium model where they know that if they charge too much, no one's going to come and use their services, the cost of healthcare will go down rapidly and exponentially as a result of the cronies. Being taken out of the equation, and the only people making any money being the actual healthcare providers. That's how you deal with healthcare. Um, we did
0: just get an Anchor FM call from. Oh Amanda. my gosh,
1: let's go right now to it.
0: Right, call in. Thank you, Amanda, for calling in on the. Yeah, thank there. you,
1: Amanda. So here is a question that has not been previously vetted from one Amanda, and we're always. You know, the caveat there is we don't know what's about to be said. So brace yourselves.
0: Hi, my name's Amanda. I'm out in Oregon, and I'm calling regarding the uh, FEMA National Flood Insurance Program. Mm -hmm. Mm, You may or may not know that flood insurance is federally mandated for homes in flood zones across the entire United States. Mm -hmm. And it's only been until recently that the private sector has been able to come in and help bring prices down. Um, for many years, FEMA was the only option, a monopoly, and the cost of flood insurance just was
1: crazy high. My question to you is how will you encourage
0: the continued privatization and continued private markets to come in and combat some of these government monopolies and help bring prices down on things like flood insurance?
1: That's a great question. Do you want to take that first, Matt, or do you want me to take it? We're, we so, both live in flood zones, so...
0: We both live in flood zones, and I used to be in real estate, so I've had to deal with this uh, a lot.
1: Then I'll let you take it first, and I'll give my thoughts, unless they're exactly what you just said, which there's, there's a good chance it will be.
0: So uh, one of the reasons that the private, in- private industry didn't get into flood, uh, flood insurance until I believe that was six years ago, if I remember correctly, uh, was because they legally were not allowed to. Um, Because of restrictions on the market, they could not do it. So allowing them to get in, allowing, removing those restrictions, removing those barriers and allowing private insurance companies to do flood insurance as well uh, will definitely open up the market and lower the costs. Uh, Basically, that's really all you need to do. Right now I think only a few companies are able to do it. I haven't looked into it in years because I left real estate because it's an awful awful business. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that you I think that if you oh sorry, I think that only a few companies are allowed to do it right now, but if you were to open that up to multiple com- like to every company that does insurance that would drive the price down exponentially Absolutely. and you wouldn't have to do that
1: anymore. Yeah, and also not require it in the first place. And that's a big one there because it makes sense to get uh, flood insurance if you're in a flood zone. But when you mandate it, you create a captive market. And then when you restrict the number of people, the number of options you can get it from, you create an even worse captive market. You create a situation where they only have one option and they can't say no to it. And that's why the costs went up as, as much as they did. And it was built on the flimsy pretext that if left to its own devices, people wouldn't be able to have a sustainable flood insurance market. Well, why wouldn't they? The demand is there and the supply is there. So mm-hmm. let it do its thing. Um, so the answer to how to make it happen is uh, at, at the federal level Um Joe Jorgensen would get us out of flood insurance because there's nothing in the Constitution that says anything about flood insurance or insurance at all. It has nothing to do with the federal government. It's arguable that even the state government shouldn't be involved, but the federal government absolutely should not be involved. And the skewed definition of commerce that is constantly abused by the Supreme Courts and Congress and the President uh, to, you know, justify ever incre- increasing infringements on our lives and rights and properties and decision-making and our wealth, uh, is a direct, uh, insult to the constitution and the purpose of, uh, restricting the, um, you know, restricting what government's supposed to be involved in. And if that, Paper is worth anything. And if the government that it's governed under is worth anything, then it should be existing only to under within its actual limitations. And so Joe Jorgensen would end uh, the involvement in the flood insurance market and simply allow people to choose their flood insurance. The best way to fix things is to get government out of it so that now there are three ways that people can can cooperate with each other or interact with each other for the things that they need. Cooperation. Competition and coercion cooperation and competition is the best way forward. Coercion is what government gives you forcing you into situations that often don't work and they don't care because they don't have to they don't have to convince you that it's a good idea. They just have to convince you that you better do it or you're going to get in trouble. And so get government out of it and let the market do its thing. Let people get the insurance that they need from whoever wants to provide it. That will bring down the cost, bring up the access and allow for a price equilibrium that will happen as a natural result of the market simply doing what it does.
0: Brett Robertson, we are not going to help you with your math test and you probably don't. You want do not you.
1: want. Yeah,
0: yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that from us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, we'll do one more question, and, uh, and then I think we can move on to, to the second okay. segment. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, Mike Johnson, why isn't the Libertarian Party split on abortion? Couldn't you argue that a baby has a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? So we actually do have a split. The, the majority of the of the I was going
0: to say the Libertarian Party is very split.
1: yeah. There's quite a a a a a, uh, a split on. On abortion. Now, the majority of libertarians fall on the side of saying government should not be telling uh, a woman what she can and can't do uh, You know, when she's pregnant um, with her body, um, but there is a very large number of pro-life libertarians. Now, here is where I stand on this as a former pro-life libertarian, and as someone who – and my wife and I have had many conversations about this. If she were to get pregnant, if we were to get pregnant, we would have the child. We would not have an abortion. Here is the problem with having the government decide – That a uh, a a conceived embryo or fetus has all of the rights of a of a fully developed born human being. Here's the here's the problem with that. Yes, it bans all abortion, even in the case of rape and and incest or, or even the threat to the life of the mother. But it also bans uh, it also bans in vitro fertilization because uh, many many embryos are created as a result of that and most of them do not uh, do not uh, l- uh, latch or whatever and most of them end up dying sometimes to the tune of dozens or even hundreds so that would be considered mass murder uh, under this but it gets even worse if you are a pregnant woman and you have a miscarriage there will have to be a wrongful death investigation to make sure that there was no foul play involved because. A human just died, a human with all of the same rights and uh, and and legal protections as any other American citizen uh, has or, or any other person in America has died. And now there has to be an investigation for that. And it gets even worse than that. If you've had multiple miscarriages and are still trying to get pregnant, you would be banned from doing so because continuing to get pregnant, knowing that it will likely result in a miscarriage would be considered negligent homicide. And it gets even worse. If you are at a high risk of having a miscarriage as a pregnant woman, you're probably not going to be allowed to do it or you will be forced uh, to live a healthier lifestyle uh, to make sure that you are able to uh, successfully have a child. They may mandate that you take prenatal vitamins. They may mandate that you eat a low salt diet. They may mandate that you eat a certain number of carbs every day because again, this is no longer about you trying to have a baby. This is about protecting a constitutionally protected Protected person that is inside of you at the very moment of conception. And if you set that line anywhere other than conception, if you say that at any other point between conception and birth is the moment that the fetus is now a constitutionally protected person, you're drawing just as arbitrary a line as every individual who chooses whether or not they want to have an abortion. And there is no consensus on when that line, where that line is and whether or not abortion is a moral act as a result of it. Given that lack of any kind of consensus on where that arbitrary line is and given the nightmare scenario that none of us want to live in, if we gave constitutional rights to immediately conceived embryos at the very moment of conception, then we can only conclude that government needs to be left out of it and as the Libertarian Party platform says, that while we respect the, the uh the well held and, and and strongly held convictions of people on all sides of this discussion as being in good faith and in a desire to help others, we also recognize that the government should just be left out of it and left to the individual conscience of the person who is making that decision. So that is the uh that is the point of that.
0: And real quick, we do have Chris Reynolds, since he is the name of this segment, uh, I'm going to have to try to piece this one together. Okay. He says auto insurance to cover another person's medical bills isn't required in Florida can confirm. So poor people are, are incentivized, incentivized not to purchase it. Uh, so they get to hurt people negligently with zero consequence. So it seems a governmental requirement to have minimum auto insurance seems like the most fair play, uh, <clears throat> Only people with assets need to get insurance. Poor people with no assets aren't worried about a lawsuit, of course. Uh, So what is your position on mandatory auto insurance?
1: So here's my thing. Whoever owns the road would probably want to have something like that in place to protect their own liability. Now, in our situation... The roads are owned by the government, which means that we're not just talking about a requirement for uh, in in including, you know, to being improved, being put on a, allowed to use a property or a service in this case, roads. It's a government mandate. If you want to be on the roads, it's the law. You have to have liability insurance to, to protect on on these things. Um, so. I think the answer here is in order to create a situation where liability is protected and someone who doesn't have to be negligent, uh, uh, someone can't be negligent on a road while also not having the government require you to purchase a product. I think the best way that and for many other reasons uh, is to simply allow have government uh, privatize the roads and allow uh, private entities to uh, to be good stewards of those roads you 'll have much better roads they 'll cost a lot less you will uh, eliminate the need for police to act as revenue collectors and and hit you for fines on broken taillights and stuff to help pay for the upkeep of those roads because they 're so poorly managed by the state and cost have ma- run up major cost overruns because of all the bloat and graft involved in having government run something uh, and then you also get out of this out of the sticky question of this on you know whether government should force someone to fight to, uh, to, um, uh, to purchase a product. Um, instead, you have a situation where now a private owner of that road says, Yeah, you're welcome to drive on these roads. And in order to do so, here are the requirements to do so to protect both the, the, the people that you may accidentally hit and, and, and us from any potential liability. And that just solves many, many problems. So that would be my answer on that.
0: We did get one more Anchor FM call if you want to take it. Sure, sure, sure. It's from Duncan.
1: Yeah, and so I'm going to address because Daniel's still bringing up the stuff on abortion. Ultimately, I'm not arguing with you on when uh, personhood begins uh, because there is no consensus on it. And it would be pointless to argue on it. And you're saying um, you know, that it was the, a, willful ac- a willful action that was necessary to justify a murder charge. You're 100% correct. It also in every situation where a fetus dies there is some form of a willful action and they will have to investigate it. And if you've engaged in a willful action of getting pregnant, even though you've had other miscarriages and every time you got pregnant or most of the times you got pregnant, there was a miscarriage, you are now taking a willful action that is resulting potentially in a death, which would make you uh, uh, guilty of negligent homicide or at least uh, being investigated for it. You are 100% correct. If you give constitutional rights to a an embryo uh at, at that very moment and call it a person with con- constitutionally protected rights, it absolutely would make for murder charges for abor- abortion and a whole bunch of other stuff. And again, you're not going to find many people, certainly not many women who would want to live in a world like that, where the government is so in control of our day to day lives that they're telling women whether or not they can get pregnant. That, because that would again, you know, we look at what government leads to government would then be create uh, um, pregnancy licensing because you would have to make sure that you were whatever their criteria was to be able to get pregnant because they don't want to create, they don't want you creating a constitutionally protected person who then dies. So, so, Again, you're not going to want to live in that world. The Pandora's box of banning abortion leads to a much bigger Pandora's box of some very big restrictions on your ability to try to get pregnant, even if you are, are resulting, uh, if you are likely to have a, uh, a miscarriage. And that includes me. My mother had something like seven miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies and false pregnancies before finally being able to have me. If this was the law of the land, they would have never allowed her to go that far. They would have probably put her in jail after the third time. So, no, this is the problem.
0: And so we're going to take one more call that we have on Anchor FM, one more message that we have on Anchor It's not really a call, I guess. Um, And if Spike did not get to your questions, you're doing a show tomorrow?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm doing an episode of my show, My Fellow Americans, so be sure to tune in tomorrow at 8, and I will answer as many questions as I can then. Yeah.
0: And he may even be brazen enough to open the phone lines again.
1: i I might. I've actually had a pretty good run so far with opening the phone lines. That's been a that's been a big hit. So uh, Duncan Picard with a question, and then we will go on to uh, the second section of our uh, discussion here of our show. Hey, Spike. My name's Duncan. I'm here from uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. I was wanting to ask you about uh, government involvement in federal student loans and federal college programs mm-hmm. and how we can help drive back down the cost of college without, you know, shafting over those of us who have already paid into some of the, the scam, if you will. Thank you, for, thank you for that question. So I think it sounds like the way you phrase that we both agree that the problem with the federal student loan system is that they have jacked up the pricing by underwriting, no matter what the cost of the tuition is, they're jacking up the, the price of that tuition. Um, right. And so what has ended up happening now as a result is the, uh, is the colleges can charge whatever they want because they don't have to worry about price equilibrium. They don't have to worry about if the price goes up too high, students don't show up. They can just keep raising it to whatever they want for the most part. And the federal government, they're underwriting these loans, which means now you owe the federal government. Good luck getting out of that loan. Even if you drop out, even if you end up not getting into the job you were looking for, you still got to pay that back. And it is nearly impossible to get out of it even using bankruptcy. It is nearly impossible to get out of that loan. So it is a system that has left entire and really two generations of students behind. Um, And so I think the answer, obviously, is get the federal government out of it. And when you get the federal government out of it, that will greatly reduce the uh, price of tuition because it has to, because the colleges will know that they can't charge as much because there won't be anyone showing up. The students can't afford it. So that will end that. The other thing you do is you remove so many of the barriers and burdens and educational requirements that are completely unnecessary in most cases. To say that if you want to braid hair, you have to go to school for two years and run up t- five figures in student debt, tens of thousands of dollars in student debt, or if you want to, you know, uh, if you, if you want to engage in an ever-growing number of businesses, you have to go to school for four years or eight years and run up tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt uh, in order to be able to do that job. Remove most of those requirements uh, so that the demand for public for for higher education goes down to the actual equilibrium of what's even needed in the first place. Now, when you talk about the people like you who who are already kind of caught up in the scam. I will defer to Joe on what her plan is for existing students with existing student debt. But I will tell you this, my personal opinion is that when an entity that ran up debt under coercion exerts that that the collection of that debt, I believe that debt is is ineligible. I think that debt is illegitimate. Um and so I personally believe that once you have reformed the system, then the best way moving forward is for the government to simply eliminate that debt because it should have never run it up in the first place. It had no business doing so. It underwrote it. It underwrit that underwrote that debt on the backs of us the taxpayer and the treasury bond payer. So I would, uh, I would defer, but I would defer to Joe on that in terms of what the campaign believes, uh, what the best way to deal with student loan debt, existing student loan debt uh, is. So uh, thank you for all of your questions. And uh, we will move forward to section two. And uh, this is the, this is another Supreme court case, which is also a really, really big deal, Chris, or, chris matt
0: <laughs> chris chris hey chris haven't go together for two years
1: i'm i'm sorry i meant <laughs> matt i'm sorry i was looking at this when i said it i was saying that and i said chris because i was looking at this <laughs> beautiful face chris reynolds attorney at law chris reynolds personally injured he, he in florida
0: just, he is are, gorgeous
1: man. are you like matt recently personally injured in florida Chris, chris
0: reynolds can I, can I sue for emotional injuries um, <laughs> and would you take that case yeah, would you take um, that, that case
1: against your next vice president
0: um so the supreme court ruled a bunch of stuff this week mm-hmm. uh and one of them has to do with the consumer financial protection bureau so a brief brief history uh The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was created in 2010 and was the brainchild of a pre-Senator Elizabeth Warren. And it was included in the Dodd-Frank banking bill. For anybody who doesn't know about Dodd-Frank, look it up. Um, It's
1: bad. The CFPB is just a a tip of the iceberg on all the bad things about Dodd-Frank.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's just a really bad one. Um, now, when they decided to create it, they decided that the chief of the CFPB is appointed by the president and approved by the Senate for a five-year term. The idea being to fashion an executive agency, which would be free of presidential influence. However, the last two presidents have proven that's not a thing. Um... <laughs> Congress decided that the president should be allowed to remove the director of the CFPB only for inefficiency, neglect of duty or malfeasance in office. There's no other reason that they could do this.
1: And there's no way that those are nebulous terms, especially inefficiency, that the president could just claim those things outright. I looked up
0: that law that section of that law to mm-hmm. be, they had to explain this a little bit. Yep. No, nope. they did not. No, nope. nope. that was what it said.
1: Yep. It's just like that with, a copy
0: uh, faith, actually,
1: it's, it's just like the, uh, you know, with, um, with impeachment where it just says high crimes and misdemeanors. Right. And then doesn't even bother to,
0: doesn't bother to go say what it.
1: that even means or give examples. Like misdemeanors, like jaywalking.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, so so, for the very so during the time that uh when Richard Cordray was the director and he was appointed to the position as a recess appointee mm-hmm. meaning didn't go through the Senate already breaking the rule, yep um breaking the rule right out the gate, he did get confirmed in two thousand thirteen. I don't want to say that he was in there the entire time without getting confirmed he did um during that time he Oop, I changed those notes. Uh, He issued a civil investigation uh, demand to Celia Law. Celia Law. Celia Law to determine whether the firm had engaged in unlawful acts or practices in the advertising, marketing, or sale of debt relief services. Now, He did resign the position in 2017 because he felt that Trump and Mick Mulvaney were out to get him. Oh, wow. So he resigned. Now, Celia Law LLC is a California-based firm that provides debt-related legal services to clients. I'm going to just say there is a relatively decent chance that some of the stuff they were doing was shady. Oh, I'm sure. Just... Just saying it. I'm not saying they are the good guys in this. Will not say that. Because they probably aren't. But they asked the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to set aside the demand, objecting that the agency's leadership by a single director, removable only for cause, violated the separation of powers. <laughs> because they're an executive agency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the CFPB declined to respond and push forward on the demand, um, which Celia did not, Celia, 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 Celia uh, which they did not, which they did not want to do. Um, yes, the district exactly. court said they had to comply with the terms of the demand and the appeals court agreed with the district court, uh, having had the argument already decided and PHH Corp versus... The CFPB and saw no need to replow the same ground, which I think is just a great phrase for to come out of a legal doctrine right there. Um, I mean,
1: that's way better than beat a dead horse.
0: Which is okay. Let's real quick. Why would you beat a dead horse? That is really pointless. Why would you replow the same ground? You wouldn't, but beating a dead horse is also much better than beating a live one.
1: Well, there's no suffering anymore, right? But it's not as well. I don't know if it's as cathartic, but it's really bad. Whereas just replowing the same ground is
0: pointless. Um, replowing the same ground, plowing the same ground. <laughs> uh, but instead, it provided a brief explanation for why it agreed with the PHH Court's core holding. Uh, the court took it took as its starting point Humphrey Executor, which had approved four cause removal protection for the commissioner of the Federal Trade Commission. Because originally, it wasn't like that. Now, even though they said, yes, we kind of see your, your argument here, you still have to comply with the demands.
1: Even though they got their point.
0: Even though they, even though they understood the point, they still had to comply with the demands. Now that was when it came to the Supreme court. It was, it was heard. I had no idea about it. Otherwise we probably would have talked about it, Um, but we didn't. So this is when Robert says amicus, which is an impartial advisor argues that the demand issued to petitioner is not traceable to the alleged constitutional defect because two of the three directors who have in turn played a role in enforcing the demand were or now consider themselves to be removable by the president at will. So the first the first person that actually held it, who was just, he was there until they nominated somebody who should have put his name in the notes, but I didn't. Uh, he knew that he was just going to be removed at will because he was never officially appointed. Right. The second guy thought that he was being plotted against to get rid of, so he left. And the third person who is there now, uh, Kathleen Kraniger... Craninger. She, uh, has stated in the past that she believes the president can fire her at will. We're, we're going to get to that in just a second though. Um, after that, he says, amicus highlights the government's argument below the demand originally issued by former direct- director Richard Cordray has been ratified by an acting CFPB director who, according to the office of legal counsel was removable by the president at will. So, Right here, we've got Richard Cordray saying it. We've got him saying, yeah, I believe I was. At, he could remove me at will. This is a position that was originally set up so that the president would not be able to remove him at will.
1: Right, right.
0: But because the first person was just... In, he was there instead um, until they did appoint somebody. He knew he was going to be removed at will. The second person believed he could be removed at will. And the third person... Uh, says Amicus further observes that current CFPB director Kathleen Kraninger, now responsible for enforcing the demand, agrees with the Solicitor General's position in this case that her for-cause removal protection is unconstitutional.
1: So the first two people went along with it, and then the third one is saying, no, you can't remove me.
0: No, the third person is saying that uh, it is unconstitutional She's saying, she's saying, no, you can remove me. Oh, she's saying, oh, she's yeah, saying you me.
1: can remove me. Oh, okay, okay, okay,
0: okay. So now, because of this, the entire hierarchy and whether or not this entire organization is constitutionally legal is being brought under fire. This doesn't end that way. I'm just going to, I'm dashing that hope right now. This does not end the way that you got excited that it was going to end. Um, All
1: right. Well, let's just look at this next one. I don't even care
0: anymore. Right. So, well, no, not yet. Oh, we, still, we we have stuff before. Okay. So remember, Kathleen Kraninger was appointed by Trump in 2018. She took the place of Cordray. She is. She has been documented as saying, "I cannot be fired, except for, uh, for one of the reasons above." and recently switched it while this case was being heard
1: what did she know about jeffrey epstein hashtag buddy
0: um and because of all three of these people at some point saying yeah i believe that i could be fired by the president he says in his ruling we hold that the cfpb's leadership by a single individual Removable for own for inefficiency, neglect or malfeasance violates the separation of powers.
1: So meaning that. It's it violates it if they can't be removed for any reason or that it violates it, that there's only one director.
0: So if there's going to be one director. The executive needs to be able to remove them. At will.
1: Okay, 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 okay. So so Congress has no business telling the president how they can or can't staff their agency. Right. Well, here's a good part of that. That means that the president, who will next be Joe Jorgensen, can just fire people.
0: Everybody. And then not rehire them. Yeah, as long as it's an executive agency, she can fire the whole lot of them. She can
1: fire everyone in the ATF and IRS and DEA. And we don't even have to worry about legislation changes because she could just fire them and not replace them because they can't make her appoint anyone. And they can't say she can't fire people because otherwise that would be, nope, that would be a violation of, of the separation of powers hashtag buddy hashtag mox
0: chris is saying it violates the exec uh it violates it because the executive branch has all the power powers aren't separated Hmm. except except as i'm I'm going to try to get into here in a second. Actually, I'm just going to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Article 2 provides that the executive power shall be vested in a president who must take care that the law be faithfully executed. The entire executive power belongs to the president alone. So if something is listed as an executive agency, he is the only person that is allowed to be looking at.
1: So this ended up being a thing that makes me kind of happy.
0: Right. Because I was I was reading it, and yes, does it expand executive power? Yes, it does. Yeah. However, it also means should we happen to get Jorgensen Cohen into office, they could legally fire everybody in the executive branch in the executive agencies.
1: Everyone we want to is gone. So when they say how do you end the war on drugs? Well, we deschedule all the drugs and then we fire everyone in the DEA. How do you end the war on guns? Well, she declines to enforce any federal gun laws and then fires everyone in the ATF. And how do you, uh, you know, how do you stop the federal sur- uh, warrantless surveillance program? Fire everyone involved in it and not rehire them because she doesn't have to because anything less is a nah, damn it again. Everything less is a violation of the separation of power. So even though the Supreme court came a step shy of calling the entire CFPP unconstitutional, because in this, this is one of those, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, severability, right? Like if, if that's how it's written, that would necessarily make the whole thing unconstitutional, right? Right. But they did give the president power to fire anyone they want for no right.
0: reason. And for- so, so here's, here's the thing that, most of us were probably hoping for at the beginning of this story that they found that having the director be fireable for certain for certain non defined terms uh, made it unconstitutional so they're going to scrap the entire project that would have been much better yes. would have been much much better would have been much stopped, better they stopped just a hair shy on that, and instead they said that the president can fire any member of an executive. Par- department at will and doesn't need cause doesn't need cause
1: why did you fire him wanted to felt like it was then, in a mood
0: Done. everybody in the executive branch, or sorry in executive agencies probably well not the executive branch i don't think you can i mean i guess you can fire yourself if you wanted to um but everybody can just get fired everybody can if you're in an executive agency you are under the purview of the president and the president can fire all of them doesn't need any specific reason.
1: Sorry, my chair started acting funny.
0: <laughs> doesn't need any specific doesn't reason. Doesn't need any specific so. reason. None. So. I fire means, this chair. Say,
1: I'm firing this chair. And I don't need cause because that would be. Damn it. That would be a separation. Violation of the separation of power.
0: So, <laughs> so yeah. Now we still have the consumer finance uh, PB um, until, and, but Joe Jorgensen comes in
1: and fires all Joe of
0: them. Jorgensen can then fire everybody in it, and it would just go away. Hashtag much like but the ETF, the DPA. Buddy.
1: No, which way what's hashtag where's the one with the thing? I don't know. Hashtag I where's hashtag buddy?
0: I don't see your screen. Oh, hashtag uh, buddy. Oh, it's the Epstein one. Hashtag buddy. Uh, so so
1: silver lining there, we could potentially have Joe Jorgensen come in and completely eliminate all the agencies that don't line up with her interpretation of the explicit powers granted to the federal right. government.
0: Now, Matt uh, Matt Bain and Brett Robertson are asking, is it extended to vice president or strictly POTUS? I'm certain that it's extended strictly to POTUS. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, no, he's saying, can it, can could, could Joe fire the, the vice president? Um,
0: oh, I, th- I thought they were saying, because the question... The,
1: yeah the way right. that I, I read it was uh you know could it it could it be um the the president could i fire people which would be awesome that's too great. um that's
0: how i read it.
1: yeah but so no the the president can't fire the vice president because it's a it's an elected role um something i could be impeached by congress uh but not i can't be removed by the the president right right um so yeah
0: so and you, you also, I don't think you can fire people. That would be on Joe only.
1: Yeah, that would be on Joe. I can advise Joe on who I think should be fired, but that would be on President Joe, President Jorgensen to determine.
0: That, that, that would be a long list.
1: That would be a long list. And honestly, I mean, we're of a shared mind on this stuff. I think she'd be too busy firing people. She'd have two pens going, two pens in each hand going. One, firing people, and the other, pardoning people. It'd be a beautiful, beautiful sight which is why you have to vote for Jorgensen Cohen 2020. And the question is, well, Hey, how is the Jorgensen Cohen campaign going spike? Well, we're going fantastic. We are beating all of our, uh, volunteering and fundraising benchmarks that we've set. Uh, we are absolutely killing it on social media. We're having a daily reach of something like 20 million. Um, we are doing fantastic. Yeah, no, we're doing really, really good uh-huh. on the social media. And, uh, Update on my speaking of social media, uh, I'm going to have a social media manager. The amazing Caitlin Cloven is bringing the social media team over to me uh, to be able to uh, grow the message for Jorgensen Cohen uh, via the Spike Cohen uh, part of the social media. So that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I will be um, next week. Right? Is it next week already? Man. Yeah, next week I will be at. I, next Wednesday, I will be at the or next Wednesday, I'm flying into Orlando for the Libertarian Party Convention, assuming it hasn't been canceled by then, which might happen. So we don't know. Uh, and then uh, if it does happen and we are we do go there, then we'll be going to Freedom Fest in Vegas. I'll be playing Caesar's Palace and being open. You know who will be my opening act? Just guess.
0: Pen and Teller. Nope. Well, it's just going to be a letdown for everybody now.
1: Donald Trump Jr. What? Will be my opening. I thought it
0: would be cooler, but.
1: It would be cooler. So he'll get to open and then I will go next and trash him and his father and their policies and beliefs and everything they stand for in Caesar's Palace. I've never been to Vegas before. I'm going straight to Vegas to play Caesar's Palace. Unless that gets canceled, which might happen.
0: Also, also true. Also possible.
1: So things are going great. Our campaign is going amazingly. We are having an absolute fantastic time. Um, we are planning things left and right. Uh, we are scheduling stuff left and right that hopefully doesn't get canceled because of you know the government stepping in and telling people they can't go there. Um, and we'll see what happens. But we are doing absolutely. Uh, a fantastic job growing the reach, uh, getting our, our message out to an unprecedented number of people uh, and to give them a non watered down and empathetic and engaging and dynamic libertarians uh, message of common sense solutions to solve the problems that the Republicans and Democrats have imposed upon us in their over 160 years of exclusive role rule over control over every lever of power within the federal government. So, yeah hashtag buddy
0: hashtag buddy and you said that you are doing a show tomorrow
1: yes i'm doing a show uh it'll be probably just an ama show and an update on how things are going uh at that point i will also be able to give an update on the 38 for spike campaign let me go ahead for those who didn't see it earlier here is my little birthday appeal because my birthday was on sunday a little bit of an appeal uh on how you can help this campaign for my birthday
0: And now, an important message from the next vice president of the United States of America, Spike Cohen.
1: Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great weekend. I am having a fantastic weekend because this weekend is my birthday. I am turning 38 years old. And I know what you're thinking. Spike, you look every bit of 38 years old. That doesn't surprise me. Well, Thank you. You're probably also wondering what I'd like for my birthday. Well, that's where you come in. I am hoping for my birthday to have everyone who watches this make a $38 donation to the Jorgensen Cohen campaign as part of the 38 for Spike campaign. I just made that name up right now. That's that's what we're calling it. I don't care. It, I, that's what we're calling it. Thirty eight for Spike. So if you go to thirty eight for Spike dot com and donate thirty eight dollars or whatever amount you want uh, to help the Jorgensen Cohen campaign, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Joe Jorgensen is running a campaign to set America free. And with your help, that's exactly what you're going to do. Your donation allows us to fight for ballot access, to uh, engage in tours around the country, to do viral video marketing, and everything else in between that we need to be able to spread the message of liberty in an engaging and dynamic and empathetic way. So again, go to 38forspike.com and give what you can. I greatly appreciate it, and happy birthday to me! Thank you again for everything that you do, and don't forget, you are the power. 38forspike.com. You can give any amount you want. You can give thirty-eight and give three eighty. You can give three dollars and eighty cents. You can give thirty-eight dollars and thirty-eight cents. You can give thirteen dollars and eighty cents. That's not doesn't work. I was born in nineteen eighty two, so you can give me nineteen dollars and eighty two cents. You can give me a hundred and ninety-eight dollars and twenty cents, you can give me nineteen hundred and eighty-two dollars, you can give me one dollar and ninety eight, rounded down.
0: From $98.2? If anybody wants to take a guess in the comments, the age difference between Spike and myself, throw them in the comments.
1: We were actually born on the same day.
0: We definitely were not.
1: (laughs) We kind of... I mean, if you think about it, we kind of...
0: Oh. It feels like we were born on the same day. It feels like it. It feels like it. That's how close we were. It feels like it. So...
1: Yeah. So we are, um, uh, see, I'm doing my show tomorrow and, uh, I will fix my squeaky chair. That is, I don't know if you, can you hear the squeak in the chair? A little bit. I hate it. It, I know you can probably not hear, but I hate it. I will fix that. It's my solemn promise to you. And, uh, we will be uh, on here tomorrow on Wednesday at 8 PM Eastern for my fellow Americans, where I will be trying to get you to give me $38 and also answering your questions. Give me $38. And then uh, I will continue to be doing multiple appearances every day, which I am uh, sharing both the live. Uh, oh, I got to do Indian TV earlier today, Matt. I didn't get to tell you that. No. I get to do a, a TV interview on inter, uh, Indian TV. It was an hour long, uh, uh long form uh, uh, media interview.
0: Nice. Yeah, it was all really cool. Of, all of those voters. Um. Well, no,
1: because they're actually based in Michigan, but they have uh, a large audience in the U.S. and Canada and also in India. Um, so getting, you know, reaching out to Indian-Americans and, you know, the people that like watching Indian-American television. I'm certainly certainly not all the Indians. I'm certain there are people that like Indian programming. So we got to watch that, too. So uh, it was really great. And, um, yeah, I'm doing multiple appearances a day and uh, just really getting the word out there and spreading the message and so uh so we will be doing that what what are you reading
0: Chris Reynolds said the squeaky chair isn't remotely as annoying as the bland wall
1: Really throw a picture up man You know no but you know what then Chris then you contact my wife because what's above me is our TV like this setup oh, is yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like
0: go tell right. my
1: wife that we need to put a bunch of pictures behind me uh, where, where we watch television with our family. That's Chris's job. If you can get her to do I, it, I, I will get
0: to your house. What's that? I have been to your house. Yeah, I been have, to my house. I have spent a week in there. You're not watching TV with your family in that room.
1: Tell my wife this. <laughs> this is not a spike thing. This is not a spike thing. Also, when I do this, it hits the wall, so it would end up smashing everything behind me. Um, but 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 yeah,
0: because I, I do that here, and I need to keep pushing this desk out.
1: Yeah, I have to keep like getting closer and closer to the to the thing, and then I'm touching the mic. It's a, you know, it's a whole thing happening right now. So Chris, that's your that's your task for this week. Um, so yeah, be sure to uh, so Chris uh, Matt.
0: Second time. Wow. What's up, Jason? <laughs> oh
1: god. Ow. He's not even a top fan. <laughs> Ouch. He's not even a top fan. Uh Matt Wright, whom I know very well. Uh if someone were looking for us on the internet. Oh, so, yeah, okay, we are not there yet. So, Wednesday, I'll be on many appearances, and then Tuesday, join us right here again for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events with the aplomb and the joy and the cheer of the sweet summer boys that we indeed are. Now, Matt, if people were trying to find us on the Internet, is that even possible? And if so,
0: how would they do so? It is possible. Uh, If you are a member of the old school who truly enjoys... Listening to our sweet, sweet, sultry, buttery, smooth voices on Butter. your way to work, on your way home from work, while you're cleaning. I don't know. Spike either. and
1: Matt ASMR.
0: We do have a Spike and Matt ASMR video. Hey, um <laughs> you can find us at anchor at anchor.fm slash muddied waters. And if you happen to go there, you can also leave us messages for next week's show and donate money so we can continue to bring you this quality programming that you have been used to. And you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com.
1: Can you hear this? Is this doing the thing with your neck?
0: I can't hear that at all. Okay. All right. Well, so that's as loud as possible in my ears right now. What's that? It's as loud as possible in my ears. And I don't hear that even a little bit.
1: so okay good all right cool so folks thanks again for tuning in and we will see you tomorrow on my fellow americans where i will continue to guilt you what 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 i don't even know what is going on
0: chris reynolds says don't involve my face with your lurid asmr consent is real
1: this is my property actually um folks thanks again for tuning in have a great rest of your evening and until tomorrow when i see you again And thank you again for tuning in. And where we're going,
0: we don't need roads.